It's Cameron and Rhea, and we are recording a special message just to let you know that number one, put your hands together, has joined Feral Audio, so Woo! you can listen at feralaudio.com. Now we love other Feral podcasts. Oh yeah, like, X Files, Files. Yeah, and, I've been on that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Harmontown is great, and we're just really happy to join that family. One thing that's great about joining Feral is that you guys can use the donate button and support the show to make sure that we can pay for like web hosting and manicure. Snacks. <laughs> but I also want to let you guys know that Rhea and I will be doing an album release tour in October. It's just four dates, and I'm really, really excited about all of them. So on October 7th, we will be at a special Put Your Hands Together at the UCB, regular time. And it's going to be all our best pals. Best pals. That we love the most, that are doing great stuff. And... Then on October 10th, we'll be at Union Hall in New York. The Late Show is already sold out, so please come. That's New York, New York. Yes, it's in, okay. no, it's actually Brooklyn. Oh, okay. You're wrong. Um, and then on October 12th, we'll be in Akron, Ohio. That's Rhea, my hometown. Rhea's hometown. And finally, on October 14th, we'll be at Lincoln Hall in Chicago, and that is my hometown. So we're doing two hometown shows and then the two biggest cities in the country. What more could you ask for from us? Oh, other tour dates in the future? Well, stay online with us. What? Log on. Log on. Get your AOL discs ready. Get, dial in because Free we will hours. be back um, with some other great tour dates in November, December, and January. But for now, please come check us out on those dates. We'd love to meet you guys. It's always so fun. Oh, and I want to thank everybody who came out in Toronto to see me and meet me after shows this past week. It was so lovely to meet you guys. What a great city. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Enjoy the episode. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to your hands Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Never had that before. That's our first fucking time. Let's hear it for that, gal. Bringing some new shit to a Tuesday. What a what a laid back and wonderful show this is gonna be. So much friendly and welcoming energy here. I just flew in from Toronto today and I got up at technically yeah, that guy's on board with that. I got up at technically like three o'clock in the morning. This you know, this in this time zone. So my point is, I'm going to be fucking loose and goosey. And uh, it's going to be great. I did sit in the middle seat, and, and I did watch The Notebook. And that's a fucking, that's a fucking bad choice. It's a bad choice. I've seen that movie a bunch of times, and uh, was so glad to see it again. Um, oh, just, you know, primo work out of Rachel McAdam in that, in that film. But I was, I was actually um, sobbing down my face. Just a 32-year-old woman sitting between two small Asian women who don't speak English. Just sobbing. And then I asked to go to the bathroom. It was a good flight. How was your guys Tuesday? Did, people, did somebody have like a good... Did anybody uh, work today? Did anybody work a job today? 
I know, it's L.A., so that's why I'm asking, because it's like, do you understand how, did anybody, did anybody work a, did anybody, did anybody work a job today? Does anybody in here have a job? Did they work at it today? No? Okay. A few people, a couple people. I met a, I was, sometimes I like to ask what people do. Because it's fascinating to get to know the audience. And I did meet somebody who shaves cats for a living when I was in Toronto. I asked her if it was at her house. Don't you feel like that's the best follow-up question for that? Like, sh- like surely if you're doing in-house cat shaving, you should change that business plan. Do it at their house! Leave that shit behind! Um, it was weird because... I was walking down the street, and I, uh, this uh, gentleman, um, a gentleman who was walking past me, he uh, yelled, not yelled, he actually said it in kind of a moderate tone. He said um, to me, while I was wearing, like, not this outfit, but this outfit, basically, um, he said, he said, God damn, you're beautiful. Wow. I want to assault you. That's what he said. He said all three of those sentences. Now, we were both moving towards each other. So by the time he... Now, during the first part of that, you know, women, we go through this a lot. Like, this is... So you... Like, the first part of that, like, God damn, you're beautiful. You just try to just be like, ha ha, I can't hear anything you're saying. You just try to walk forward. You don't want to acknowledge that that's been said uh, because you're aware of your physical size. And also, uh, you don't want to give them bait. First of all, fuck, I just want you guys to know this. If there's any gentlemen here who are confused about this, uh, I don't give a shit if you think I'm beautiful, uh, especially if you're a fucking stranger. Especially if you're a stranger wearing basketball shorts. Because I was wearing a full outfit. You look like garbage. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to know. I don't care. I love, like, if my friends think I'm beautiful, awesome. If my partner thinks I'm beautiful, fucking great. You, a stranger who didn't even put on pants and it's 10 p.m.? I don't give a fuck. I don't know why you think I need to know this. Like, I know it's, it's actually dudes just wanting to control what's going on around them, where it's like, oh, I'm going to make this woman very nervous by seemingly complimenting her. <laughs> like, you know it's not a real compliment, right, guys? Like, you're not, you're not lying. To your, you are, are you lying to yourselves about this? Do you think this is nice when you're yelling at women on the street? Oh, I'm helping her out with her day. She was just walking forward, and now she's terrified. <laughs> really helped her out. She wasn't sure if she was beautiful. Now she heard it from a stranger in basketball shorts, so she'll know for sure. No, fuck you. My self-esteem is not that low. Fuck you. And then the wow also. Just the, I liked the, just as a separate sentence. Wow. All right, okay. I want to assault you? And he said it, he was behind me at that point. Um... Again, not, a, not the compliment that I think he maybe thought that was. <laughs> um, no woman... I mean, just to catcall a woman to begin with is, is the same thing. Like, you're conveying that. But then to actually say, like, hey, when I look at you, I want to rape you. That's a terrible thing to say to somebody. That just is not, it's not, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, generally sexual, sexual assault, like not necessarily about whether or not that person is good looking. Do, I don't, do you guys know that? That's not like a compliment. It's not like, well, she was the hottest at the party, so. 
It's not. It doesn't. That's not. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's about control. It's about power. It's not about sex. It's not really awesome thing to hear. I turned around and I said to him, "Fuck you." That was the best thing I could think of to say. Um, and then I just kept walking very quickly because I'm uh, like five four and 130 pounds. I didn't like have the. I couldn't really deliver on what I. But I, you know, I uh, <laughs> patted my vest as best I could and got his. Fi- Fuck you. And I wish. I fucking wish that that's not what I would have said. I wish I would have said, no one should fuck you! Because that's more true. No one should fuck that guy. I don't often wish bad things on people, but I hope that that guy has diarrhea. Not just today, but all days. In fact, I hope that's the reason that he thought that was an appropriate thing to say to me on the street because he's had a lifetime of diarrhea. He's never interacted with another human person. It was his first time out of the house. He barely got the shorts on. (laughs) Gotta keep those legs open in case you need shit to come out of there. (laughs) He just has only ever seen Law & Order SVU. That's the only channel he gets. (laughs) So that guy's the worst. It was an interesting. I I've I've been gone for three weeks. I went to uh, I went on a tour of the South, which was a choice I made, um, <laughs> and it was very interesting because I went to like a little bit like smaller towns. I went to um, Lexington, Kentucky, and I went to Nashville, and I went to Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> and Peoria was the fucking best. Because I had been to this club before, and actually, I'd been to this club and um, with my fiance. It's kind of like the place that we fell in love was in Peoria, which is the best. If you don't know what Peoria, Illinois is, that should tell you everything. It's like a river town that's mostly just abandoned warehouses. And we, like, if you ever walk into a town, you're like, oh, this used to be a thing when rivers were places you could make money. But now, <laughs> nothing. Like, even the convenience stores that advertise that they will accept food stamps are closed. I'm not being shitty, and this is how this town is doing. They're not doing the best. But they're very nice people, and it's beautiful right on the river. They really take care of, like, just the rivery part, and then uh, whoopsie-daisy right after that. But um, (laughs) the club is not near downtown. You kind of have to go, like, down a weird dirt road, and... Uh, the owner is super sweet and there's like local comics who really like to hang out there and it's right next to a very terrifying looking strip club like the kind where uh, you definitely you know there's like a barbed wire fence between the comedy club and the strip club and the you know the parking lots look different is my point (laughs) it's not like the same kind of people um and when I had been there before, I realized that there was a dirt, there's a there's a dirt track, like for for um, I guess people were telling me it's like people that are training to do NASCAR. There was a dirt track for car racing, but I had been there in the winter, so I didn't realize that in the summer or you know fall, on Saturday nights while you are performing, <laughs> there is a drag racing happening. <laughs> directly across the street, and you can hear it from the stage and the audience. So, like, I was trying to tell charismatic lesbian jokes (laughs) over the din of, like, it was the best. 
I'm not kidding. That's how I, that's how you know you're a good comic. If anybody in Peoria gives a shit about you, well, they could clearly be going to see a much better event. Because if you guys were to think that I thought I was better than drag racing on a dirt track, you guys are fucking wrong. I am a great stand-up comic. I am terrific at my job. Talented, charismatic, skilled. I've been working at this for a while. But one time I went to a monster truck rally, and when the monster trucks came out, the first truck that came into the arena, pyrotechnics went off, and that truck accidentally knocked over the bucket that the pyrotechnics were flying out of. And then one of the... One of the one of the like fireworks flew into a banner that was on the side of the arena and the banner caught on fire and here's what happened in the audience nothing (laughs) this was not like a part of the show where it's like yeah there's a dangerous almost fire but then they put it out with an enormous novelty size fire extinguisher no like this is this was a real hazard is what happened a real hazard happened and everybody was just like yeah, we'll die here. It's our favorite place. We don't care. If we're going down, it better be here. Grave digger! That's a great place. If you've never been to a monster truck rally, it's a great place. Not only that, but at like halftime, that's not what you call it, but who cares? Um, midway between the jumping of the cars on the other cars, uh, they brought out this. They brought out like a like a pretty small, like a slim car, like a pretty slim car. And there was an announcement uh, as it came out. They, they were like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get the races started again, we just want to show you this prototype vehicle that we're traveling around with. And then this like really skinny car comes out. And it has, it's very small, but it has what appears to be the jet engine from an airplane welded to the back of the car and I'm like, I wonder what this car does. And then the announcer goes, it has the jet engine from an airplane (laughs) welded to the car. A very wealthy patron died and left all of his money to the development of a car that could drive being propelled by a jet engine. (laughs) And they were like, honestly, at this point, we don't really know what to do with it. Because it's so fast that it can't be contained by the arena. (laughs) So they just, like, towed this car out. And then they were like, that's what it is anyway! On with the rest of the show! Like, what an event! Some guy was like, I'm leaving all my millions to nothing! Nothing that's useless because it's part of a whole master thing where the whole thing could burn down and people have never had a better time in their lives. So um, this is going to be a great show. But if you have a chance uh, to check out the Monster Jam tour, you should really do that as well. Uh, All right, so are we ready for more comics that are not just me? Yes? I, I believe that we... Hey, we're a little smaller tonight. It's a little intimate, but I believe we are mighty. Are we ready for more comics that are not just me? Yes? I knew we were. Hey, uh, this first gal, it is her first time on the show. I'm so excited that she could be here tonight. Let's hear right now for Heather Turman, guys. Give it up for Heather! Thank you. You guys are great. Happy Tuesday. I, uh, I just got engaged, you guys. There's that. Thank you. 
very much to, uh, to a Mexican woman. So my racist, homophobic mother is thrilled <laughs> that way. I'm just thrilled. <laughs> I, uh, I am gay. Um, uh, it is always kind of funny when people find that out. They're always like, I didn't know you were gay. I'm like, really? I didn't know you weren't. Nice haircut. And... <laughs> This guy actually came up to me after a show once and he was like, I thought being a lesbian was reserved for ugly chicks. That's what he said to me. And I was like super offended by that. But I was like, well, I know you're straight because being hot is reserved for gay men. <laughs> I love this guy. You're this delayed laugh and then he gives it up. It's great. You're great, sir. Um, yeah, I, uh, I did just get engaged. Um, my uh, my girlfriend proposed to me in uh, when we were on vacation um, two weeks ago, and uh, I don't know. It's, I, I think I'm ready. You know, this is my third significant relationship, and uh, we all we all learn things from our relationships. I, I can effectively say I've learned things in all my relationships. My first relationship was actually with a boy. I had a boyfriend in high school, and uh, he was Middle Eastern, um, so he was tall and dark and abusive, and <laughs> from that relationship. I learned how to throw a punch, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I learned. And then my second relationship was with a woman who was eight years older than me. So in that relationship, I learned how to drink wine and uh, what a varicose vein looks like. So, <laughs> so my, my relationship now, uh, from this one, I've learned, you know, what perfection is and also what to say to get laid. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Not that joke, though. She's too smart to fall for that. That's not what I say to get laid. She's too smart. You know what I mean? Like, anybody uh, date anybody smart? I'm sure you all do, because you're hipsters. Um, <laughs> my uh, my ex-girlfriend was a box of rocks, okay? So, like, if I wanted her to have sex with me, I just had to be like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful, or I can't believe those are real, and she'd do whatever I wanted. But now, like, i got to be creative. You know what I mean? i got to stimulate my girlfriend's mind, right? So I say usually say stuff like, you know, boy, I sure hope Hillary Clinton runs for office next term. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other day we were watching TV and I was like, you know that I've never watched an episode of the the Kardashians? That's what I told her. And she was like, say it again. I'm like, I've never watched an episode of the Kardashians. And she made me keep repeating it until she had the most intense orgasm I've ever seen (laughs) anybody have. (laughs) Sounds all good. My, uh, my girlfriend's a social worker, you guys, and I'm a comedian, so we're in poverty. She, <laughs> but we are kind of like the odd couple. Like, she came home recently, or well, I guess at, like all the time. She always comes home, and she's like, how's your, <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't be getting married, right? Uh, <laughs> no, but she'll come home, and she's like, how was your day? And I'm like, terrible. Nobody laughed at my jokes. How was yours? And she's like, four people died. <laughs> so she's just one giant downer, you guys. She's like the biggest. She actually works in hospice care. So she does something like all day, every day that's just really selfless, you know? Like all she does is give, 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 you know, to other people, which can be uh, difficult. I got to be honest. It's hard dating somebody who just gives all day long, right? Because when she comes home, it's like she is so selfish in bed. She cannot give to one more person. (laughs) It's terrible. Come on, fuck you guys, all right? Feel bad for me. No, it's okay. She's actually really supportive. I got to say that. That's a good thing, right, sir? Support. Support. <laughs> she, uh, she comes to, like, way too many comedy shows. And I told her recently, I was like, look, right now I care more. I'm putting everything into comedy. I care more about being considered good on Twitter than good in bed. That's what I told her. 
And she was like, yeah, I can tell. So <laughs> she's great. Sometimes I worry, do you ever worry that you might be codependent, sir? Do you ever, have you ever thought about that? I'm just talking to you because you're thoughtful with your clasped hands. Um, <laughs> sometimes I worry, you know what I mean? Like, she went out, of t- went out of town recently, and, like, at first I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait till she leaves. I'm going to get so much done, right? Like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start that book I've been running, wanting to read. The second she walked out the door, like, I curled up into a ball on the couch and didn't move for three days. <laughs> you know? So I looked up codependency on the internet, and it turns out there's Codependence Anonymous. There is a, is a group. Um, you know, it's a group of people who depend on each other, not to depend on other people. So <laughs> might be a waste. Um, let's see. I only have a couple more minutes with you guys. Do you guys like dirty? Let, should we get dirty at UCB? I know this is usually like, you know, intelligentsia. Um, <laughs> Get dirty. See, I like that girl. I don't know. I've been feeling. Um, I have a couple. I have a slutty friend who is a, who is. A, well, I have a couple friends. Let me tell you about a couple friends first. Ease into the slutty one. A couple friends, you guys. I uh, I have a deaf friend, you know, and it's hard to hang out with her because she always thinks she's sneaking out farts. I'm like, she's not. <laughs> and have you ever noticed that like a fart is never funny to a deaf person? Like it's. A fart to a deaf person is like suddenly being sprayed with poop perfume. That's exactly what it is. I also have a friend with cankles. Anybody have any friends with cankles? I got a friend with cankles. And like it's hard, like she never wants, she never acknowledges them. She never says anything about them, but I can tell she never wants to show them off. And I don't want to ever say anything, you know? So they're kind of like the elephant legs in the room. They're just. <laughs> well, she does have a birthday coming up. I think I should teach her. To embrace them. I'm going to get her cankles. Or sorry, cank- a cankelet. I ruined that joke. But cankelet is a hilarious thing. So. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My slutty friend. My slutty friend, you guys. And this is who we're dealing with. Like, we went, in, we went on a trip to Mexico, and we were, like, swimming in a pool, and she was, we got out, and she was like, oh, my God, I think I just had sex with that guy. I'm like, you think? She's like, yeah, he, you know, stuck it in for a minute. And I'm like, okay. Um... So this is who we're dealing with. Her and I went out. We're hanging out recently, and she's telling me about a one-night stand she had, okay? One-night stand. She said it was the hairiest man she'd ever been with in her life. Hairiest man. Like, covered in hair, head to toe. She said he was so hairy that when she went to go down on him, she couldn't even find his penis in the bush. She had to slurp it out, okay? So my friend is taking her face and sticking it in a stranger's bush and slurping out his genitals. Same friend, two weeks later, we go out to lunch. She finds a hair in her salad and sends it back. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Right? All right, you guys have been very wonderful. Thank you so much. Let's keep it going for Heather. One more time for Heather. Yes. Well, it is a special night for you guys. We've got a great great treat coming up next. Please, uh, I know you're going to be happy about this. Let's hear from Mr. Zach Galifianakis, guys. Give it up for Zach. Come on.
going to run backstage immediately and go ask him. Oh, he's still back there. You guys, there is still more great show. Uh, this next comic, he is a good friend of mine. He's in from Chicago, which is where I started. So we're going to give him extra love, right? Because it's his first time on the show, and he's visiting, and he has to follow Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> which is literally the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Your first time visiting and doing shows in L.A. Like, I can't think of a worse thing. <laughs> Except if it was like Zach and then also Aziz Ansari and then I just didn't let him do a set. That would be worse. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, huge round of applause for Mr. Goodrich Gavar. Give it up for Goodrich. How's it going, UCB? I have a serious... Who was that? Can somebody wiki that? I don't know. You guys were losing your shit. It's like, that guy's a vagrant-looking fella. Who's he? Got a hot five? Okay. Okay, let's see how it goes. Uh, I'm very glad to be here, uh, mostly because I grew up in a garbage place. Uh, give it up if you grew up somewhere real shitty. Uh, yeah, like Arkansas or a toilet, you know, somewhere bad. Um, I grew up in a place called Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's, uh, oh, the worst. I, there's already a moan. I, there, every crowd has one, a moan for my hometown. Uh, I even got a cut it sign from a guy in the front. He's like, no more, you can't. Stop turning the knife, we've heard enough. Our planes fly over you people, uh, I get it. But the only thing about Fort Wayne that's notable is that at one point in time, uh, we voted a man to mayor whose name was Harry Balls. Uh, that's a for realsy fact. <laughs> And what's great about having a guy named Harry Balls in your political arena is you get to hear honest discussions from your fellow citizens. I'm sure there was one dude just furious. He didn't automatically get to be mayor because his name was so kick-ass. Just like at a town hall meeting, just throwing his hat down like, now come on, y'all! We need to put aside this partisan fussing and a fighting and come together as people who know damn well the next four years are going to be fucking hilarious if a dude named Harry Balls in charge. You fucking kidding me right now? Look, I get it. Some people, they get older, start voting with their wallet. I understand that. But I vote with my giggle gut, okay? <laughs> That's just where my politics is moving to. Uh, but I live in Chicago now, and um, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I have to take the bus everywhere. I know you're wondering, is this guy a Chicago celebrity? Is he the sausage king? No, just Joey Lunchpail up here, slinging jokes. Frankie goes to hard hat. That's, uh, that's how we do it in the working class. Uh, the bus is a lawless place. You can do anything on there. It's wild. I was on the bus, and a man with visible and smellable feces all over his person. You think that's bad? I was there. This man screamed and chased me off of the bus. <laughs> and everybody saw it, and they didn't do a goddamn thing. They were just like... I don't know, man. Sometimes a fucking poop monster chases you out of the bus. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> poop monsters run these streets. <laughs> Shit is wiling out over there, you guys. Uh, I have a fun hobby I like to do. Um, it's called uh, practicing the dark arts. Um, it's what I call depression, but I feel like it's more fun if, <laughs> if you're a little more mystical about it, you know? A little more Led Zeppelin about your sad times. <laughs> I thought I would be a less sad person when I quit my job in the service industry. Uh, it looked like a lot of draft dodgers and dreamers in this crowd. You might have had to wait a few tables, tucked off that beret, put on an apron. I know how it goes. <laughs> but 
I worked at this cafe in downtown Chicago, um, and unlike downtown L.A., uh, it's not just a despair dream. Uh, I was there earlier today. Oh, boy, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> stuff happens in downtown Chicago, and uh, I just have to, like, I would serve these people, like, just humans, hours, hours, hundreds of humans, and I would be done with work, and I would just be over-human interaction. Like, I'd be waiting for the bus, and a man can come up to me, and I was after my shift, and, I, and he'd say, hey, uh, excuse me, what time is it? And i go, hey, fuck you, man, I'm off the clock. I gave it the office. <laughs> Start invoicing you for these freelance niceties. <laughs> but the, ca- the clientele of this cafe was, um, it was rich business types, and then it was the, uh, the homeless folks who lived outside of the cafe, and they did not get along very well. Uh, I don't know what they couldn't talk about Burberry to each other about or something, but... Uh, I just had an apron. I couldn't fix class war. So, uh, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> uh, but my favorite, the thing is, the homeless folks were so more fascinating than these uh, business types. Uh, my favorite guy from this time, he busts into the cafe and he makes a beeline for this woman on her phone. And he goes up and he goes, <laughs> Excuse me, uh, you seen my dragon pelt? And I was like, oh, this dude is not a customer, but he seems fucking awesome. <laughs> Let me see what this is all about. I went out to the cafe. I was like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I don't think she has your dragon pelt. <laughs> Just a hunch. I don't know. I got a gift. Like a sixth sense about dragon belts. Not there. Warmer. Uh, and, uh, but he looked at me after I said that, and he was like, well, you, well, I'm here to fuck your grandma. And I was like, all right, like, logistically, she's not here. I'll have her text you. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to cock block my Mima, you guys. She's only got so many years left. Live a little. So he wasn't going to leave, so it came point in my job where I was like, all right, man, if you don't leave, I'm going to have to call the police. And this guy started to dance. He started to do this. And then he said, police! Fuck the motherfucking police! He did a real-life mashup of Chubby Checkers the Twist and NWA's Fuck the Police right in front of everybody. And I was like, this dude rules. Let's try to find that dragon pelt, y'all. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little topical thing before I go. Um, I like putting stuff on my butt. I think that's a fun thing to do. Um, I first learned about butt stuff as a teenager. I was in the back of history class hanging out with a Hesher kid. Look at my t-shirt. I'm part of the counterculture, you guys. I hang out in the back. And uh, this kid turned to me and he's like, hey, dude, do you know if when you're coming, you put something in your butt, you come like 10 times harder? And most teenagers would be like, you're a filth monster. Get out of my face. But he had the pervert sixth sense. And I was like, that sounds awesome. I'm going to do that forever. <laughs> I've tried to tell other straight friends of mine about butt stuff. And one of the responses I've gotten is, uh, no, I'm pretty sure I come hard enough. Uh, <laughs> which, for lack of a better term, is the whitest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Just, that was sufficient. Let's see what's on Netflix. <laughs> The other, th- the other thing I've heard is, uh, is uh, no, that's for, that's for like gay dudes. That's uh, not my thing. And uh, the thing is, we all have the same butts, you guys. Don't be jelly. They're on expert level, okay? Bow to the kings. Uh, you guys have been so much fun. Thank you. Let's bring up Cameron.
Just seeing how everybody's doing. Just seeing if I want to say hi to anybody. How are you doing, sir? Pretty solid. Yeah, pretty so- You look relaxed. <laughs> Not a bad... I'm just... I was into it. Uh, how was your day? It was good. I yeah? Worked. You worked? <laughs> That's the dude. <laughs> who, who, who worked? What do you do? Uh, I work in Beverly Hills at a restaurant. You work in Beverly Hills at a restaurant? Oh, how's that? So, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes... Sense. But a lot of like, you know, every table's just occupied for an hour though, right? You guys, I don't understand if you understand what a great industry joke that was, but that was fucking hilarious <laughs> to me and like one other person here maybe who goes on lots of lunch meetings, am I right? It's one hour. I don't care. I'm not going to explain it to you. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, what restaurant do you work at? Do you want to say it? It's okay if you don't. Sure, yeah. Newport Seafood, a Chinese restaurant? They're not giving anything away in the title, are they? <laughs> it's, it's a really dig for it. <laughs> Newport, you know, Rhode Island, where the Chinese are. Um... <laughs> well, thank you so much for making it out today after a long day at work. I know that's that's tough. That's tough job to give people their food. So let's hear for that dude right there. Cool, cool, cool. How's it going with you, tank top? You're rocking some... Oh, see, there's two tank tops, and I should have specified which one. Let's answer as a group. Yeah? You're, you guys... Do you know each other? Do you coordinate your tops? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, how was your day? Skinny strap. How was your day? Yeah. Okay, what'd you do? I went to Venice. You went to Venice? Mm-hmm. The opposite of Zach. You guys are living parallel lives. Because um, you're a famous movie star, and... Yeah. Actually, I think that's just him. Um, <laughs> what did you do in Venice? Went to the beach. You went to the beach. That's kind of a. Was that an okay? Is that an okay beach there? Yeah. It was good. Sometimes, yeah. I'd never been before. Okay, rad, awesome. How about you? Did you go with her to the beach? Yeah. And you guys, are, that's why you're wearing the tops. Yeah. I get it now. Wow. You guys are like, we went to the beach, so <laughs> we have to show you. <laughs> Because I love what, one thing I love about LA is that like there's a couple people in tank tops here, but it's also like very hot and everybody just wears like boots, full jacket, twenty seven scarves. <laughs> Actually, my favorite look is twenty seven scarves, no sleeves. And I always want to be like you know you could wear so many less scarves if you wore any amount of sleeves, but I want to tell you how to live your neck. You guys, we're going to keep the show right out rolling. This next comic is the first time on the show, so we're going to go super crazy for him, as we always do when it is somebody's first time on the show. Let's hear it right now for Joe List. Guys, come on! Come on! Thank you. Thanks, everybody. This is pretty exciting, huh? No? All right. Well, that's fair. Seemed like you were enjoying the show one second ago. Are you guys mad at me? It's a weird vibe. Well, now I'm nervous. I get nervous on stage, mostly because I'm self-conscious about my looks, and a lot of you are probably like, how come? You're adorable, and I appreciate that. Thank you. If you're laughing out loud, probably you weren't thinking that. Um, I'm mostly self-conscious about my teeth. I was talking to my buddy the other day. I was confiding in him. I was like, man, I'm really self-conscious about my teeth. And then he looked at him, and he was like, dude, all you need is some Crest whitening strips. 
I was like, thanks, man. I'm actually self-conscious that they're crooked, but... Oh, what the hell? Let's throw yellow in there. That's like somebody going, hey, do I look fat in this? And like, well, you've gotten uglier, so it's hard to say. I'm like, oh, all right, well... It's fun. I'm a nervous guy. I have horrible anxiety. I have, um, you probably can't tell I'm playing it pretty cool so far, I think. Um... I have panic disorder, panic attacks. Anybody else? They're pretty brutal. If you've never had one, it's almost like you're being attacked by panic. That's how I would sort of describe it. And I'm not a doctor, but um, if you've never had one, you probably don't give a shit about panic attacks. I was talking to my best friend. He's like, panic attack, what's that? You feel like you're going to die? Is that it? I was like, uh, yep, that's it. I just feel like I'm going to die. I don't know if you know this, but feeling like you're going to die is pretty much the same as dying, except at the end, instead of dead, you're sad and embarrassed. It's actually worse. He's like, yeah, but it can't do any permanent damage, can it? I'm like, no, but crying in the fetal position on a first date can fuck you up for a couple of years, so... I had to go to a therapist because I kept having panic attacks. The therapist told me a panic attack is like fight or flight phenomenon. You ever hear that term? That's when your brain prepares your body to fight or flee from whatever it's afraid of. She said it happens in nature. I was like, oh, that's cool. The only weird thing is I get panic attacks when I'm talking to girls. So that's sort of a weird situation. I'll be at a bar after the show and some girl's like, you're really funny tonight. And I'm like, I'm going to have to fight this bitch. <laughs> can't run away. That would be embarrassing. So put them up, young lady. I had to go back to my therapist and be like, is there a chat and get laid option in nature? That would be enjoyable. I've, I've been fighting a lot of women lately. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm undefeated, but my shoulder is starting to hurt. And, uh, thank you. One guy kept laughing at that part. I don't really fight women, everybody. I know I got a little sensitive there. And, uh, I'm joking. I love women. I have a girlfriend, and uh, I still get nervous talking to girls, even though I have a girlfriend, because you still got to practice talking to girls in case your girlfriend breaks up with you. Uh, or dies. Uh, you know. I would never cheat on my girlfriend, though. I would never cheat on my girlfriend because we gossip together too much, and I feel like I would just rat myself out trying to one-up her gossip, you know? I could be laying in bed. She's like, I don't want to sound mean, but Michelle's gained like eight pounds, and I heard her boyfriend might leave her because of it. And I'm like, ooh, that is spicy. Okay, I got one. You were never going to guess who's cheating on you. This is huge. This is like a bombshell. Uh, we gossip together a lot, my girlfriend and I. And by gossip together, I mean we shit on everyone we talked to that day. That's, that's pretty much all a relationship really is. It's just shitting on everybody else. And You lay in bed and you're like, everybody's dumb. We're the best. And then you go to bed. It feels so good. They say you should never go to bed angry, but unless you're angry at the same person, then it's totally fine. You're like, I hope Walter dies. I'm like, me too. Fuck him. Sweet dreams. I love you. The spoon. You can't cheat, though. It's very unhealthy to cheat. That's why I keep a picture of my girlfriend as my iPhone background picture. You know, she thinks it's sweet, but to me, it's like a Surgeon General warning on a pack of cigarettes. You know, if I meet a girl, she's like, take down my number. I'm like, all right, wait, this could kill me. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, sir. You have to laugh at every joke or else I will totally notice. Uh, you're really bringing the heat over there. You're the captain of the audience as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and you're not laughing right now. Uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. 
I love my girlfriend. We have, uh, we have uh, good sex, I think. Uh, recently, I found out that I talked dirty in my sleep. I woke up, uh, my girlfriend woke me up at 3 in the morning, and she was like, Joe, you were just yelling, sit on my face. And I was like, first of all, that is hilarious. Uh, second of all, I'm sorry for waking you up. And third, thank you for waking me up and not just taking that request. Because that might be the most terrifying way to wake up from a slumber of all time. I don't even know if I would recognize a vagina at point-blank range at three in the morning, you know? I'd be coming too. I'm like, am I being abducted? What is going on here? We have sex a lot. We don't have any kids. Uh, I don't want kids. I like kids. I just wouldn't want to own one. It seems like a lot of work. Uh, they're not a lot of fun, really. Uh, the kids are fun a little bit, but anytime you've ever had fun with a kid, the whole time I was like, this would be more fun if this kid was not here. I would have the whole sandbox to myself. And, uh, when's the last time you were really having a blast and you were like, I wish there was a toddler here. That would make this more enjoyable. I like kids, though, because you can always make them laugh. Adults, it can be very difficult. You guys are a nice crowd, but sometimes it's hard. If you want to make a kid laugh, though, all you have to do is guess the kid's age, but you guess five years higher than you know they are. They lose their mind. You walk up to a five-year-old, what are you, 10, 12? You get your license? You're married? The kid's like, ah! This fucking guy! Murders. That joke does not work with adults at all. You can't walk up to a woman. What are you, 50? Menopausal? Divorce? Get out of here, you son of a gun. He's like, that's not funny. I'm like, well, you've changed. That used to be hilarious. Uh, 40 years ago, you'd be shitting your pants right now laughing. All right, you guys are great. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Thank you. First of all, you just totally murdered and slayed. Oh, that was really thank you fun. very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. This is a great crowd. I love this theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. And it's so funny that it's your first time here and like that was the perfect set for this room that's like kind oh, of exactly you. what they're into is like what you were doing. Oh, but you were talking a little bit about um, just dealing with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And that is, I don't think that's unusual for a stand-up comic. Right. But I also think this is one of those jobs where like the pressure is it's so, I mean, you just did a seven-minute set. So, like, right. how much of your day are you thinking about going on stage? Does that affect you anymore? Do you, you have, like, what? stage anxiety? You know what's weird? I don't have stage anxiety anymore. And it sounds, it sounds so cliche and, like, contrived or whatever. But that's when I'm the least anxious. That's when I'm, like, the happiest. This is making me more nervous yeah. than the show. No, that, I don't think that's weird at all. Okay, yeah. And, like, I, talking to, like, sometimes I try to talk to audience after a show and yeah. be like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. that's, like, terrifying to me. Yeah. Or like uh, the car ride at a club and a owner picks you up or something. That's like a that's a nightmare like to you're me. Getting yeah. a haircut or something. Right, right. Yeah. Like my back will hurt. Yeah. But a show is like because I'm in. I think it's all control issues. Absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely um, I'm like more of an introverted person. Although right. I'm like definitely friendly and loud. I think people will be surprised to hear that. But I'm the same way. But yeah. like in terms of energy, like it's much easier for me to manage talking to a group of people right, right, than one-on-one. Sure. On one. So I think that's why it's a great job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, love it. It's weird. It's, yeah. it's sort of reversed of uh, most people, I think, mm -hmm. which probably sounds... Although I think there's a lot of stand-up comics that are in our position, and people just assume... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean reverse yeah. of not comics, we're weirdos. I think. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. No, we're weirdos. I think more comics but are as a group, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I just, I thought that was like a... 
I was listening and just thinking that that was rad honesty and that it worked really well for oh, you. Oh, thanks. So, I appreciate it. Cheers, dude. And yeah, I can't wait to hear all the other things you do in oh, the future. Oh, thanks. I'm excited. Yeah. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, bud. Guys, Joe Les just killing it. Let's hear it for Joe. Oh, he was amazing. And we're going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic, I love him. I love his vest. Mr. Glenn Wool. Guys, give it up for Glenn. Come on. You don't have to be, though. I'd understand if you weren't in a wonderful mood in today's day and age when the world is indeed fucked. <laughs> Romance is dead. Humans, we don't know. We can't decide, some of us. Some of us think we should be like swans. And mate... For life? Have you heard that lie? Swans mate for life? It is not true. They fly away as soon as you let them go. <laughs> With a look on their face, I suggest they're not coming back. <laughs> Two feet. There's a lot of neck to shake no with. <laughs> I have the physical ability to turn around and look at what's happening, but I don't want to. <laughs> Never take bread from a man with a little beard. It just makes you sleepy. There we go, folks. We got our first five swan fucking jokes out of the way. <laughs> Don't worry, that's the end of them, because I understand if you didn't get the first one, it made the subsequent four pretty confusing! <laughs> so, right, maybe it's cultural. I'm from Canada, so I'm not of you. <laughs> but you can be culturally insensitive when you didn't even mean to be like, tell me, was this culturally insensitive? I was just in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East doing gigs, and they have the world's biggest mosque there, and when they say the world's biggest mosque, they are not kidding. It is fucking gigantic. And I just wasn't ready to see the world's biggest mosque. And the lady in the car went, Glenn, if you look to your left, it's the world's biggest mosque. And I went, Jesus Christ! <laughs> now, here's the question. Is it blasphemy if you say the wrong guy? <laughs> See, I can't think it was blasphemy because as I'm sure some of you know, and some of you would be very shocked to find out, it probably was blasphemy because Christ is actually in the Koran. I know! <laughs> I was amazed when I found out, too. It's like when you see a superhero in a different comic book. <laughs> what do you got? It's like a little team now. <laughs> Who else is coming? Like, is Buddha going to show up in the Koran? It'd be like a Justice League of the spiritual world, and they all fight crime together like the Avengers. Like Buddha's belly bucking everybody. 
Muhammad's like, Jesus, do a miracle. And Jesus would slide in like the silver surfer and go, whoa. I turned the water into wine. Yes, I did. And then all the Muslims in the Quran would be like, don't do that. It's not a miracle. This is the desert, and now we can't drink that. You're not a miracle worker. You're a nuisance. Could you turn it back, please? Uh, no. I, I don't know how to do that part of the trick yet. But let me get this straight. You can still drink it. I can still drink it, and I believe I'm the only one here who's still spiritually and legally allowed to consume that liquid. Hmm. Well, you know what, Jesus? I just hope that this isn't the first action that causes a chain of events and makes our two wonderful religions not get along anymore. You don't know. Could have been what happened. You weren't there. That's not the kind of thing they would have wrote down in the Bible, is it? Because the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest hits, and that's why I don't trust it. 18 of the best things from Jesus' life. I took 18 of the best things from your life. You'd look pretty fucking good, too. That's why I'd much rather see Jesus' diary before I could make a full commitment. Everyday Jesus, a fully formed Jesus, a character-driven Jesus, a Bukowski-style Jesus, who every once in a while got ripped on red wine and went on strange rants about the Chinese. <laughs> he didn't agree with them, but he was interesting. <laughs> and the other thing I don't like about him is the little sticks that they eat with. <laughs> Just about home time there, eh, Jesus? <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish my wine. I'm going to take you home, huh? Turn it back! Tricky Jesus. Change one. <laughs> yeah, man. It's good to see you guys, though. I've been on a bit of a roundabout tour. I was just in Japan. Anyone here ever been to Japan? Yeah, that's where my flight came from, so it's a bit of a long way. I like Japan. I don't like it when they act like us. That's when they get weird. Like, I... I was privy in Japan to a five-piece Japanese Beatles cover band. <laughs> and he said, five-piece! I'm like, don't you have a picture of the Beatles? <laughs> One of the most photographed pop bands in the world. Now I realized it was happening, but I didn't have the, didn't have the gall to go up and go, so... Uh, which one's Yoko? <laughs> that was a very long flight. I, uh, I had to sit beside a screaming child for 13 hours that I didn't even know. And that's when I had my idea. And tell me if you think this would work. If I signed myself up to the sex offenders registry... Would I then legally not be allowed to sit beside a child on an airplane? <laughs> like, as soon as they went to sit it down, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll fuck it. 
<laughs> Fuck it. I can't help myself. I got like a disease or something. Don't put him there. I'll fuck his little face. Before you talk to the flight crew about switching, tell him that I've also molested a string of big ladies with too much perfume on. And I've raped a lot of men with armrest issues. As soon as they start coming into my territory, I'm like, I'm going to come into your territory. And then I just start petting their arm. Drink it, drink. I'm gonna fuck you like a swan. <laughs> Folks, I've been Glenn. Good night. Glenn Wall, you guys. Hey, uh, it's a cool part of the show. It is a part of the show where I welcome a co-producer and co-host on this show, Ms. Rhea Butcher. She comes out here right now, and then we talk to each other for a minute. Yeah. You guys, how are you doing, first of all? I just want to check in with you guys. How are you guys doing? Are you having a great time? Okay. Terrific. Terrific. We are happy to see each other. Yeah, absolutely Um, happy to see each other. I wore my favorite sweatshirt. You look awesome. I love that ginger ale. This is quite possibly the best ginger ale sweatshirt that exists. Top best ginger ale sweatshirt. We heard that from our producer, Ryan McMenamin, in the booth. He told me that. He already voted on it. You guys can't sway us. Sorry, the Uh, polls are closed. Yeah, yeah, the polls are closed. You guys didn't text. He's already been voted in. The sweatshirt is a he, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's what I just said. Hey, uh, not only are we hilarious stand-up comics, we're also fiancés, we're engaged to each other. We are indeed. We live, to, we live together for that reason. What if we didn't live together? That would be weird. We're just, we're lesbians. But we're we're old-timey like lesbians. Yeah, we're just like waiting. <laughs> we're like Christian lesbians. Yeah. Like, no, we're waiting for we're marriage. We're waiting. We just like, we just like want to chance it. Um, yeah. I live with my parents still, you know? Because it's like a scary we world. just want to make there. sure we're ready. Yeah, I don't want to be make tainted. Sure I don't want to move, you know, I want the first place I move into to be the place that, well, the place I'm married to that person is. That's a woman. Yep. Um, <laughs> how's your week been? We weren't together. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I just spent most of the time uh, alone with our dog, you know, and I was writing, doing all kinds of stuff. Sounds like you are ready to talk to people again. I'm ready to talk <laughs> to people again. It's real Nothing hard like to do. staring at a dog. We have a dog that does look like a person after a while. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that was true. You know about how that dogs? happens where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, you're a person now. Yeah. You're my best friend. You actually said, you actually, you, I'm trying to think of the actual way you said it. You're like, he's, you said, he's talking, he's, I like when he talks like this and then she oh, made right. a growling sound. Yeah. You guys, our dog doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. We don't have a talking dog. I really like She's when been he puts with his... the dog for a while. I like when he talks like this. We <laughs> <laughs> don't have a talking dog. You, I feel like you should get out. Yeah. Um, I, I like when he puts his hands up in the air like this, like he just doesn't care. Yes. yes. That's my favorite thing. He doesn't um, have hands. Uh, no. Wait. What if we didn't have a talking dog, but he just had full hands? But he did have hands. Full human hands. Just this, but he's he's a Chihuahua. He was six pounds, but yeah. just our size hands. Full our hands. Full big hands. I mean, yeah. he is a rescue, so we don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. We you never know, know what. Yeah, you get. I can't. I don't know what his genealogy is. Yeah. Just full big hands. He's Chihuahua Terrier, and we think human. I don't oh. know. <laughs> um, there's no way to tell. There's Could no be way the human to tell. hands that might give it away. But now I don't. I can't. Yeah. I'm not betting on it. I don't know. Penguins have human hands. That's sometimes. right. You never know. Do. They will. Well, they wear tuxedos. 
kudos. That's human. Right. How um, else can they tie the bow tie if they don't no, have they human can't. hands? they can't. They gotta use the hands. Uh, that is really funny. And yeah. Not we're killing it. This is not pre-written material. Jesus this Christ. is just two women that really like each other. But in a Christian in way. Sync. Yeah. <laughs> we're two women that are in sync. We're in yeah. sync. We're the band in sync. I'm Joey Fatone. Yeah. <laughs> this is Justin Timberlake. Absolutely. Tough that that guy's... Now this is... That his name is Fat One? It's tough, isn't it? Yes. Tough that his Horrible. name is Fat One. That would be like if my name was Rhea... Gay one. Wait, Rhea, your last name is Butcher. Oh, right. Whoopsie daisy. It already is Rhea, gay one. I forgot. Your last name, I can't believe My you, bad. I can't believe you used yourself. Of, and then of all the people use my in the actual world. Last name? Uh, but also right. of all the people in the world sure. that don't have fitting last names. Yeah. Oh, that's and then amazing. I do, and I gave myself you know, an even I crazier saw, one. I saw Joey Fatone in the, in the musical Rent. On oh, Broadway. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I don't know if you guys know anything about the musical Rent, but there's a character that um, is supposed to be a heroin addict. Sure. And he uh, is HIV positive. Right. And, you know, part so, of the thing of being, I think, a, re- a heroin addict that's HIV positive in the time that they're trying to betray, that they're trying to predict. Like, he's not, he's like not really like, sick. Yeah, he's not, uh, like, on. He didn't just find out. Yeah, he. Well, no, he. Uh, well, now I can't remember the chronology let's, of rent. Let's get really specific about this. I think he found out like in the beginning. And take a lot of like, time on the answering machine and stuff. Instead of me just out, adding to your premise, right? Exactly. Let's be specific about it. I think it was four hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes, minutes after he, after found, he out. found out. Okay. Wow, really accurate. You're really good at that. Seasons of Love. Um, no, he played that character, and he was just Joey Fatone. And he and was. Uh, he's got a great voice. But it was startling because <laughs> he was a, bit a, of a large fat belly. He yeah. has a large belly, and that's okay. Uh, just weird if you're like, because I think he has lines where he's just like, "I just mostly do drugs. I, you know, it's my drug body. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not a drug body. That's all I'm saying. Body. Like it's not. That is uh, a craft services body. That's yeah, what that is. he looks actually. I think he looks great and like yeah, totally, no, he's not that you know, totally great but I just mean it's you know definitely not I wouldn't be like uh, you know he's not he's not Kate Mossing around I was gonna say when no, I think of heroin chic Joey Fatone nope. does not uh, come to my yeah. mind immediately no it's not he's not true. the first one uh uh-uh. uh you know, not too long ago, somebody showed me a, a photograph on their phone because uh-huh. uh, they were trying to. They were showing me what they did the night before, uh, and they pulled out their phone, and it was they were. It was a picture of Stephen Hawking. Okay, um, and I was so. I like to think this was just a stranger that was like, "Hey, hey, hey! Excuse me. I don't know if you know, I but I was hanging with Stephen Hawking last night. I'm a stranger. Also, I want to rape you. Um, yeah. Do you no, like it, my shorts? It was that guy. Um, yeah, which begs the question, where to keep the phone? Um, yeah. Waistband. Yeah, you're right. Next to your gun. How do you keep a gun in a waistband? I've always wondered uh, that. Very precariously. From like the wire. Um, it just feels like you... I, I think you probably have you know, to walk If I like had this. that, just drop right down the pant leg and I'd shoot you have to walk. It's your gun walk. <laughs> you're missing That's some serious physical nice. comedy. No, it's cool. I, I saw it. And no lunges. You can't do any lunges with a basketball no, short can't. gun combo. Yeah, you can't. You gotta always keep, wondered keep about it that. tight. Um, oh yeah, no, he showed me this picture, and uh, it wasn't a stranger. It was, but I just, actually I just met him. He was a stranger. Okay, no, that's true. Sounds like a stranger. stranger. Um, and he was like, "Here's where's what I was doing last night." It was a picture of Stephen Hawking, and I was so taken with the fact that it was Stephen Hawking that I didn't sure. realize that Kate Moss was sitting on Stephen Hawking's lap in the picture. 
You, you guys, what? I didn't even ask where that happened. Sure. I don't even want to know, you know, like also, where those two people would intersect. Can I add that Kate Moss might be the only human on this planet capable of sitting on Stephen Hawking's lap? So I feel like it was maybe a party for Stephen Hawking where they're yeah. like, we found her! The She's one, the woman that can sit on your lap! You at all. Get on there, Kate! That was like a, uh, a glitter cannon because they're having like a lap party. Did they keep the glitter cannon in their waistband? Yeah, of course. You just tie the drawstring real tight. Hey, fair enough. You guys, this has been great. This um, has been really good. This has been really good. That's Rio Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. Yes. Well, that'll, Thanks, that'll you guys. I mean, it is very fun to talk with her on stage. And we've got one final comic on the show tonight. She's hilarious, a favorite of mine. We love it when she does this show. Do you guys have it in your hearts for one final amazing comic? Do you have it in your hearts? I knew it! Guys, let's hear it right now for Sarah Schaefer. Give it up for Sarah, come on! Yeah. Let's do this. I am a fiance. I mean divorcee, sorry. <laughs> Those words are way too similar for my comfort. First of all, they rhyme. Second of all, they're both French for slut. <laughs> but if we're going to do etymology, of course, let's not leave out wife. Which, of course, we all know comes from the Old English, wifea, which, of course, refers to why fuck when you can just reverse spoon and fart into each other's buttholes for ten years until your soul is dead. <laughs> you knew that. I tried to stump you, but you guys are smart. <laughs> Obviously, things are going really well for me. But when they're not... Uh, I like to save up all the crying that I have to do. I do not cry through a depression. I hold it in, I push it down, and I push it down, keep it in, let it build and build and build and build until I'm about to blow. And then I step into an art museum and I just let it rip. <laughs> because I like to make the other people in the museum think that I just get the art more than they do. <laughs> Because if I'm going to suffer, I might as well feel culturally superior while doing so. <laughs> it totally works. If you're sad, don't cry. Hold it in. Take it into an art museum. Find a stripe. Sit down in front of it. Start openly weeping. You will feel powerful. <laughs> I uh, moved to L.A. recently. Uh, it's discovering lots of new things, first of all. First thing I learned upon getting here. I am morbidly obese. It's been fun. I also learned that uh, though it may get hot during the day here, at night, the breath of baby Jesus comes down and cleanses everything. You could be in booty shorts and a crop top at noon, but come 6 p.m., you better get a shawl out. Do you understand how amazing that is? I lived in New York for a very long time, and when it was hot there, it stayed hot through the, it was tantric hot. It just kept, it kept going. No release. 
and there was just like a sticky film all over you, all the, on your face, all the time. It just, you never felt clean. It was just so sweaty. And the film consisted of like d- dirty river water and, and uh, uh, homeless man ball sweat and cockroach semen and greed juice, just a mixture of that all over you all the time. <laughs> And I lived in uh, your standard one-bedroom coffin in New York, and, and I also didn't have air conditioning, so it was just really hard to sleep until I came up with a few tricks. Now, this isn't comedy at this point. It's a TED Talk, so please pay attention. <laughs> First off, if you find yourself having to sleep in a swamp... Here's what you do. One, you have to get the right kind of fan. What do I recommend? The Vornado. Why? Because its name rhymes with tornado. It's going to come up in your room and tear shit up. And that's all fine and good. Most of you will now be in a deep sleep. But I had another step that I had to take because I have something called baby hairs. Do you know what that is? That's when you pull your hair back. You could have it in a tight, a tight, tight ballerina bun, but you still got all these little hairs right along here that refuse to grow longer. It's like the Peter Pan of your scalp. And it's just like, wee! And when you're in a wind tunnel, it's like, with just one big millipede. Your choice. Good luck falling asleep. So I came up with a plan for that as well. Here's what you do. You take a t-shirt, you put your head through the neck hole, and you stop right here. And it creates a a sheath of fabric over the hair. Now you gotta keep that neck hole low or those baby hairs will breach. Be careful. Also, keep in mind, you got to be naked, chin down, no sheets. (laughs) Then you will sleep. And not only will you sleep because you're calm and cool, but you'll sleep because you feel incredibly safe. Because if an attacker were to come in and see you laying there like that, he'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, lay back down. No, you're good. No, 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 you're fine. I, I'm just gonna, I, I didn't mean, I, was, I thought you were gonna be, I'm gonna let myself out. Don't worry, no, you're fine. Good, 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 good. Go back to sleep. I'll pray for you. Um, I've been working on my posture. It's, uh, it's piss poor. But part of the reason for that is because of my small boobs. Hear me out. When I was in middle school, because of my flat chest, uh, I had a strategy to hide it, which was to wear incredibly large shirts and then hunch over and then create a, a, a curtain of fabric and then just delicately walk through the hallways. Like, you don't know. You don't know. There could be double D's up in here. You might brush up against me and immediately touch flesh. Or you could keep going and going and going until you hit bone. But we don't know that, do we? 
It totally worked. It's how I got my nickname, Sarah the Tip Machine Schaefer. <laughs> now, I know some of you are looking at me and you sneaked a peek and you're like, wait a minute. She's got something. Well, I hate to break it to you, but uh, it's just two pieces of Tempur-Pedic foam that I cut out <laughs> and put into a bra. Um, but it's cool because I can put a wine glass, I can lay down, put a wine glass on this boob and drop a bowling ball on this boob and the wine does not spill. I'm really fun to hook up with. We get to do science. Guys, thank you so much. I'm Sarah Schaefer. as a podcast on iTunes or feralaudio.com. You guys, I'm Cameron Esposito. Thank you so much for coming out. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together, get ready to cover your hands together, put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.